Hello and welcome to Box Not Included, the show looking at geek culture and the media we love and loathe from a queer perspective. I'm Hamish Steele. Oh, I feel like I should like give some money to you or ask you quietly to leave. Um, I'm Jade. It's true. Wherever you find love, it feels like Christmas, Rose. Oh. Um, I wasn't going to miss an opportunity to quote that movie again. <sighs> I feel all swelled in my chest. Well, good, because it's part two of our Christmas special. <laughs> and it's no box box pop time. It's so much fun at Halloween. Yes, yes. That was uh, one of my favourite episodes of the year. Yeah, no, same, same. Um, and so we decided to do that again with questions which are festively sprinkled and you provided once again with a, a selection tin of treats. Nicely done, nicely done. Speaking of which... Yes, speaking of which... Um, we, we, have, we have a plethora, we have an Iceland spread... <laughs> of, uh, which always looks a little bit like in a one of those um, Gillian McKeith shows when they lay out like this uh, is everything that you eat. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, anyway. Yes, we have a selection of treats for us to gorge on as we answer your questions, and one of them is the. I don't know if this is an American. I don't know if they have them. No, it's a definitely a to me. Yeah. No, this is like such a Christmas tradition. Like you have to be fair. I think every family has their preference. Like. Every family has a tin of, nearly every family has like a tin of chocolates and it might be celebrations, it might be miniature heroes, it might be roses, which get points for the name. (laughs) However, I feel like the quintessential Christmassy one has to be Quality Street. Maybe it's because of the box. It's like it's purple and it always looks so brightly coloured. Yeah, to me it feels very special. Like Mm. roses... are almost there. Celebrations, I'm like... Celebrations are all year round now. Yeah. Ditto, Although, ditto miniature heroes. Justin is a bit of a celebrations person. He calls them celebrations. Um, <laughs> I love it. He made a he made an advent calendar out of... He'd like got a DIY one mm-hmm. and filled it with celebrations, um, which always means every... And it has two in each one, so every morning we have Double to... Double prizes. Well, it's for both of us. Still. We have to debate... Oh, which right. one we want. Okay. Actually, deciding to make myself like bounties yeah. was a very good decision because this Christmas, all these selection tins have been much better. But anyway, Colour to Quality Street. That, yes. that to me is Christmas. And which is your favourite Quality Street? The one I will always go to first. There are a couple I love. I will always go for the Toffee Penny first. Wow. You were not expecting the Toffee Penny, were I you? I associate Toffee Penny with uh, loose fillings. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we do a podcast, and I'm an idiot, so I'm going to actually eat one of these toffee pennies right now. My one is this one. Is that? I think it's called Country Fudge. Yeah. Um, but it's the pink one. What's your second favourite? Green Triangle. Yeah, mine's strawberry cream. Ah, uh, see, the the strawberry and the orange ones, even though I like orange chocolate ones, the kind of cream ones are the ones I leave. So I feel like we'd get on well if we shared yeah. it in. That's um, good. Caramel cups are always hard fought over. Everyone likes caramel cup. Well, for a while, my brothers didn't actually know that the pink ones existed because whenever a Quality Street tin was opened, those ones would just sort of disappear and I'd hoard them like a squirrel. That's amazing. 
And I think once Justin got me like just a bag of those mm-hmm. from like the Cadbury store. Yeah, from like, the outlet shops mm. to Cadbury's. Yeah, it's just they're nice. And it's my favorite. It's like one of my favorite types of fudge because it's just the right amount of smooth. Anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah, we received a bunch of questions. Thank you. Mostly from our Facebook group and a few from Twitter. Thank um, you. I'm going to ask the first one because we're already in a jolly mood and I've already done a bit of singing, mm-hmm. um, which was from Megan. Uh, what are your favourite Christmas songs? Oh, see, I find this really hard because a lot of it I just sort of internalise, like, and I just sing along pretty much constantly to the radio at Christmas just because you've learnt them all. Yeah, I didn't really know people had preferences because I kind of think all Christmas songs are just this one giant playlist that I've heard since childhood. So Yeah, it's kind of like it starts being hard to distinguish them from each other almost because mm. it just becomes this smorgasbord of, of music. I mean, it's been a very long time since I worked in, like, I worked in Subway. Sure. And I'd be subjected to a month of Christmas songs. So I actually, there's, I can't think of any I really truly hate. Mm-hmm. Um, this year there was a thing which was like the last Christmas game we had to go as long as possible without hearing it yeah oh, the, yeah Whamageddon Whamageddon which um, I lost so quickly I still haven't heard it and it's made but I've not been avoiding it um, I, th- I think because I have the, we have the radio on at yeah, work I've been quite isolated this month yeah um and it's made me kind of appreciate that song because I've been thinking about it and humming it in my head. And uh, yeah, I don't know, I just quite like it. I, I also watched Home Alone 2 yesterday. Yeah, as is my I, I, I saw it on Twitter. Um, I was delighted. I think I like Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. Rocking Around the Christmas Tree is fun. Yeah. I really like, leaving aside the Muppets Christmas Carol soundtrack, which are all excellent songs, mm-hmm. um, I genuinely like All I Want for Christmas is You. But I think it's because I have really fond memories of that video of the um, the really cute person with the beard who did the on chat roulette, mm. like with the with the who did the little Christmas dress bursting out of the box. Oh. I love that person so much. Oh, I love that compilation video, and I always think of that rather than Mariah herself. No disrespect meant to Miss Carrie. <laughs> to Queen Christmas. But yeah, I, I genuinely like some, I really like, um, I genuinely like, oh, and I can't think of it, um, The Pogues. I genuinely like that Christmas song. Mm-hmm. Was it Ballad of New York? Yeah, yeah, Fairy Tale of Fairy New Tale of New York. See, I'm rich with titles. I just can give you some of the lyrics. Yeah. Um, I really like that one. I like the one about uh, Streets of London. I like the slightly sadder ones. Yeah. And maybe it's just because they're nice to croon along to rather than... But I, I like a lot of the classic Christmas songs, like, Have yourself a mm. merry little Christmas. I like the big band, sort of. There's something... I think we talked about this last uh, last episode, uh, just how a very Americanized sort of ideal of Christmas comes through. And I think... A lot of that classic music is the same sort of thing. It just makes me feel Christmassy. Yeah, I think a lot of Christmas is just traditions from different parts of the world merging together. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was, I think I mentioned last week about Christmas in Australia. Yeah. And how they seem to know that they're the odd ones out because I saw a lot of snowman decorations and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff because obviously media is a big part of Christmas. Yeah. Um, I actually have a soft spot for Baby It's Cold Outside, which I know has a bit of a backlash in modern times because yeah. of 
a way it can be read. And I think... I, I read a really good analysis. One, I'm also tired of reading analysis about it. Yeah. Two, I think you can enjoy the song on its own merits. I think also when looking at it in a contemporary light, you have to go, yeah, that sounds dodgy as fuck, even if at the time it was written... It was coached in that kind of thing and societal expectations. And blah, blah, I think blah, blah. it's important how you perform it. Like, true. I think that you can. It's. I think I like it because I like a duet where there's a bit of acting. I just like a good karaoke song, you know, and something you can. I just. I. I. I like that song. You can say that we're both deeply theatrical trash who like to make tits of ourselves in front of a microphone. I mean, yeah. what are we doing every week? <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. So especially like I think even with the covers of it, you you get that vibe. Yeah. So I tell you what though, it's it's nice because this year, um, the last couple of years, discounting the X Factor because I will and will continue to do so. <laughs> there feels like there's been a bit of a revival or an attempt to sort of do Christmas songs again. I think hmm. uh, we've had one from Sia this year. Oh uh, yeah, we had a, a Christmas album. Is it a whole album? Yeah, it's um, and it's great and. I my favorite songs on it are Snowman who which has lyrics like um how you know how will you hear me say merry christmas if you don't have ears and things like that So it's very sea then Yeah it? and yeah. then uh she has another song called Puppies Are Forever which is just like <laughs> Puppies Are Forever not just for christmas with Bless like you, Sia. bits of yeah. Puppy yapping to the music. Like, yeah, because Palama Faith had a, has had a Christmas single this year, hasn't she? I believe so, yeah. I dig, I dig a bit of Palama Faith. Yeah, no, Justin's a... Just, <laughs> Justin actually um, quoted Sia's new song to me last night and I didn't respond. And then he said, do you or do you not stan? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, I'm not... He's a really big fan. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I I, I actually have a Spotify play which playlist which is called Modern Christmas Songs. Yeah, um, not a lot of them are very modern now. Um, sure, there's one by Hertz called which is actually a New Year's song which mm. I like, um, which are very <laughs> they're, they're they're quite dramatic boys in black with earrings. Um, Fun. There's actually a Christmas song by the Killers I really like. Ah, uh, yeah, called Don't Shoot Me Santa. All right, and it's it's again it's quite theatrical. There's a lot of like talking bits yeah. and stuff. I mean, I like the song "The Darkness" did like yes. that was such a good fun song. In general, I just miss the darkness. The darkness were a gift, really. I feel like that were maybe a shared fever dream. <laughs> they were they were both long after their time and the, before their time. Yeah, and truly a, a unique and utterly not unique. They need to. They need to represent us at Eurovision. Would be amazing. <laughs> um, anyway, anyway. I, in answer to your question, we like lots of Christmas songs. Yeah, no fave, no specific favourites. Um, do you want to give the next? Yeah, sure. Um, Amar on the Facebook group asked us if we have any special non-traditional food that we associate with Christmas. Um, his family doesn't celebrate Christmas, but um, well, oh, this is great. He's saying uh, they still get together. Um, Mum always makes rice with various sides that's wrapped in banana leaf and paper as a bundle for each person, which um, he can't help but associate with Christmas time. I love that. Yeah. That's really awesome. I mean, a lot of my friends of colour or people with sort of um, family from different parts of the world that might not celebrate Christmas always yeah. have these other traditions. I know um, my friend Khan always associates for 
with yeah. <laughs> Christmas. Yeah. Um, what about, do you have anything that... Um, I know I have things that I like that aren't, but um, no, my, my, for all that I grew up in a fairly non-traditional mm. family, I'm still very coached in white English mm. Christmas traditions. Because now I don't live very close to my parents, I associate a lot of just general food that my mum makes as Christmas food in a yeah. way. Like, I'm going back the weekend before and I assume there'll either be a big pot of chilli or a big lasagna. That's cool. And so I just, I think like that. Or, yeah. um, although, I, you go mm, on. I was going to say, yeah, my, part of my thing, um, my sister shares the same view um, as do our respective partners, is we like not sticking to a traditional Christmas table, as yeah. it were. Um, we'll always have things like, the ongoing thing is to do Brussels sprouts in a way that everyone will like. I think the most popular one to date has been roasted with bacon and chestnuts. <laughs> yeah. Which is quite pleasant. Um, but we always like doing things a bit different. I think the first time we did this, Chris, well, it might have been the second time, was we did two ducks with two different fruit sauces that you could have on your Ooh. duck. Uh, last year, we did uh, beer can chicken on the, the smoker mm. out the back. Like... Thing is, things we'll always have roast potatoes. We'll always have stuffing. We'll always have mashed carrot and swede. And I will fight you, anyone that tries to deny me mashed carrot and swede at Christmas. Because thing is, that's not necessarily a truly Christmas thing. No. You think it's, it's close to Tatties and Neeps, which is a more of a New Year's thing. But it's a very Christmas thing to me. But uh, like, I heavily associate because um, I made one. Um, I really like risotto. <laughs> I like a really nice. Risotto is a Christmas. Mm. Let me tell you, risotto at Christmas dinner is a very solid choice. Well, our family doesn't tend to have like turkey sandwiches because we're all greedy vatsos that need like second to third. The bird is gone. And uh, my mum's a cook, so there'll always be some kind of, oh, you know, I I made a paella or something. Um, But I think, I guess the most non-traditional thing, we were talking just, oh, we're about to go get some Chinese food. Yeah. And I associate that a little bit with just the Christmas period in general. Um, I guess more New Year's, but things like spring rolls and yeah stuff like that, I, I just associate with party time. Um, it's weird. I really love Christmas, as you probably know from the last two episodes, yeah. and the fact that I forced us to do two Christmas episodes. But I actually don't really like Christmas pudding. I don't really no, like mince pies. Um it, there's a lot of Christmas food I don't like, so yeah. I tend to have a lot of other like. Yeah, I mean and... the fact of the matter is, like Christmas dinner is not that different from a roast dinner. No. Like I think there are some things you maybe only maybe sort of make the effort to do at Christmas, but aside from that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah, I we have so neither of us have nothing as interesting as what Amar has. Um, that sounds amazing. Mm. I'm. We haven't. I haven't yet properly tried to start my own. Chris, like I haven't had a Christmas with Justin on our own, yeah, or like done a friendmas or anything like that, yet. yeah. Um, but I, we're starting to make our own little traditions. The next question, actually, um, from Mighty Scrub Lord on Twitter, is I put next to this one because it's, um, what are your two less conventional Christmas traditions? So non-food related, non-Christmas. There tradition. are non-food related Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Everything no. at Christmas is food related. It's all food related. I um, mean. For me, part of it is just the fact that for every Christmas for the last, like, ten years, my mum has always had to structure 
Christmas around the Doctor Who Christmas yeah, we special. Said, we said that last time. So, um, I feel that's possibly a still kind. I suppose that doesn't count as conventional. Um, my partner and I like. Oh, he, he, oh no, that's another food one. <laughs> but back the quick, question doesn't quick, say non. Yeah, also quickly looping back. Um, Christmas morning, my partner likes to make what we call eggs of awesome. Ooh. Eggs of Awesome is a riff on a Gordon Ramsay recipe, and it's basically like super indulgent, over the top scrambled eggs, but you make it like with cream cheese and chives, and Ooh. it's so naughty and good. <laughs> but um, my partner made it for me when we first met. I uh, always very much associate it um, with our relationship. Mm. And it's really good. And you like rub garlic on the toast. Oh, my God. Oh, it's, it's really good. But we ha- we tend to have that on Christmas morning. We make sure we have the ingredients for it because mm. it's sort of like our, our thing. So, That's really nice. Yeah. Um, I suppose uh, I'm not big on Christmas presents between me and my partner. So we just sort of have, we have a very sort of gentle, easy morning. Mm. Like because we, we live by ourselves, um, we don't. Um, my sister lives within walking distance. So it's just sort of like a very chill thing. We'll find something just to put on, maybe not that Christmassy. Yeah. I have one Christmas Eve I remember really distinctly. Um, we, Me and my two brothers put all our like mattresses in the same room and oh. watched a bunch of films um, well into the night. Yeah. That's and, lovely. Um, we, one of the films that stuck with me is a Japanese zombie comedy musical <laughs> called The Happiness of the Katakuris, I think. That's an amazing yeah, sentence it's that you about, just gave me. It's about people, about a family that owns a um, hotel in the mountains and guests keep dying and they keep trying to hide them in the woods. But they, right. they often come back as zombies for musical numbers. That's fantastic. Um, and so I, ima- I associate weird horror films or things for Christmas Eve or just staying up late and watching films. Again, not Christmas films, but spooky ghost stories. Actually, this year on BBC Four, they're doing a series of um, ghost stories and things. Yeah. Which I'm really looking forward to. I tell you what, it's not quite a Christmas tradition because of the lack of the phenomena. Mm. But it's from... Um, it's something my sister and I do... Um, if, uh, and it's from the film Hook, yeah. which um, the start of the film is at Christmas, or it is once they get to, to, to London. And um, what my sister and I do, uh, if it is snowing, and this is directly from Hook, is especially if we're visiting each other, mm. but even if we're not, we will literally phone each other. If there has been any snow, one of us will phone the other or knock on the other one's door and yell, just knock on it, and we'll, the other one will answer and go, it's snowing, and either slam the door in their face or hang up. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, but that uh, it's a wintertime tradition. I think the way that the British public responds to snowing is quite adorable. I saw some tweets this year, because it snowed in London. I don't know where yeah. else it snowed. It, uh, we got some of it too. Cool. Um, saying like... Why does everyone have to go on social media and scream snowing? I'm like, because we Don't need get, yeah. joy. <laughs> we, 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 the world is full of darkness and yeah. terror. And like just a little natural occurrence. Like, ah! yeah. And like everyone posting their pictures and just being excited for a bit. Yeah. Were, although that was my like, I just need one more day to do Dead Endia. And mm. it was exactly like episode of The Simpsons when Bart yeah. like 
needs that extra day for his book report and it's snowing. Yeah. So I was locked inside for a lot of it. But, oh, um, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, um, this is a bit more serious. Yeah. Uh, cap and Just Apples, I hope I have uh, got the inflection correct on that, uh, asked for tips for surviving the holidays with family while still closeted or at the very least good stories of solidarity. This is hard. We, when we talked about Christmas last week, uh, last episode, when we said like Christmas is a shitty time of year for a lot of people, this mm. is part of what we were talking about. If you're still in the closet, uh, if you have to go by your dead name. <sighs> yeah, I think I've been out for so long that mm. it's easy, it's easy to forget that for a long time just being around my family was a constant like physical like suffocating thing where yeah. i was just constantly thinking about it and wondering um oh is this going to be the conversation where it happens or something yeah um i think we put kind of pressure on ourselves to not rock the boat because this is family time so mm. you can't make it about your drama or you don't want to make a fuss because you don't know how things will be interpreted or taken and I think if you're closeted I don't want to say for yourself because that there's an <laughs> onus on that that I'm not trying to imply I think there's a difference between perhaps being closeted because you're not ready to come out and being closeted because it's not safe yeah. for you to come out um, but I, I, when we first got this question, I started thinking about things and I was like, if you're, if you may, I think we may have mentioned something similar to this, um, possibly around cosplay back then or around pride, having little touchstones about your person. Cause some families are a bit funny about your phone or phones being out at oh, Christmas. Yeah. As I was gonna say, if you've got friends, like they will be your lifeline for each other. Like. Uh, the number of times I've been that aren't family things where I've just like messaged somebody going, please talk to me. I am dying right now. I feel so alone. And I think that's the thing. And if maybe you can't have your phone with you, like little pins, like maybe that are a subtle reference to things, things that maybe friends have given you. Mm. To know, like little touchstones about your person where you can go, yes. I mean, hell, you can have rainbow coloured underwear on. It's like, Christmas. It's, one, it's Christmas. Like, wear the colours you want to wear. But even if maybe other people can't see them, like ways that maybe you're being yourself or feeling like you're connected to that part of yourself when you maybe can't outwardly express it. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I was going to um, suggest the same thing of just. Um, if it's possible to remain in touch with someone during the day um, via but the buddy system, or, you know, um, to, I, it seems like a, a British thing to spend a lot of Christmas just kind of slobbing on the sofa. Yeah, uh, I don't know about in America, um, but yeah, I think it's just it. You don't owe anybody else coming out to them. No. Um, and it's more than okay to um, remain in the closet um, if 
that's to protect yourself or whatever. I think everybody in the world has secrets that they, and like personal lives they don't talk about at Christmas. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. Some families are different. Some families, yeah. a Christmas tradition is a big fight or a big yeah. argument. Um, um, one thought I did have, um, for like maybe if you're trans and having to be sort of in the closet and being dead named and things like that is maybe try and suggest like, Oh, I've kind of got this new nickname that people are calling me now. If you're not able to make that step into using your new name and your new pronouns. Yeah. So say I'd rather go by this, like perhaps there's a shortening of your name that maybe isn't, doesn't feel like the misgendering isn't so intense, like little things that Mm. aren't, and maybe not, they're not enough, but I mean, I, I as somebody that gets misgendered still, and it's it's different for me because in a lot of ways, and I have it a lot easier than a lot of people. But those little moments where people get it right, and also, um, I'm, I'm not while well, I'm not trying to force anybody to come out. You never know what relative you might find. Mm. Also. Kids can be great at Christmas as well. Like, kids aren't going to give you crap about that kind of thing. They're not going to ask you necessarily awkward questions about, have you got a boyfriend yet? Have you got a girlfriend yet? Mm. Why is your hair... Well, they might ask questions like, why does your hair look like that? Um, (laughs) But, you know, I've got adults that do that too. Um, And no, kids can be kind of a reprieve. Like, hang out with the little ones. Hang out with the kids and the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> if that's possible. But yeah, I'd um, say if you can, set up these little lifelines for yourself, to friends, um, little touchstones about your person, maybe things you've been given by people you are out to, or mm. stuff like that. Little reminders of who you are. So when you maybe have to pretend that you're not that person. Maybe we'll, um, if you... Uh, join the facebook group or if you yeah um sort of look on twitter or something we could we could set up like a christmas survival group just for people to talk and vent and stuff that's a nice idea um, we'll try we'll try get that organized or even just like a post in the group or a, tw- a thread on the twitter yeah or both just just like maybe this your christmas, christmas ranting yeah. here maybe this christmas i'll try and um check the box not included twitter more and yeah. Can always talk to us. We don't believe in boxes, but we can provide a bunker. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I can provide an, a delicious segue <gasps> into a tea break. <gasps> Excellent. <laughs> we'll be right back. We'll be right back. The middle section of the show. It's the middle of Christmas, so you've. Do you open your Christmas presents in the morning or afternoon? Um, it depends. Um, normally, I'll open my partner and I. will open our gifts to each other, and then any other presents will wait until uh, we're at uh, until my sister is there with their family, and then we will do those. Because I realised I have a very extremely strict situation and justin comes from a family where the second you are awake you can run and open everything no matter who else is there to witness it uh see i grew up with uh you're allowed to do your stocking or you're allowed to open one present and then we have to wait until mum and dad are up that's kind of us but we open all of our presents after lunch in the like late afternoon sometimes like at night yeah which i know is a bit unusual yeah but um it, to me personally it lets the whole day 
last longer. And yeah. I don't know. But the reason I'm asking that is that this is the middle of the show, so this is kind of lunchtime. Sure. Uh, sure. <laughs> and we are having... I'm not having any tea. I'm still on the, the sweets and the whatever. I'm, yeah. I'm rambling. That's good. I was going to say, uh, we know where this is airing the week uh, sort of before Christmas. We aren't doing a episode on the 25th. Is no. the 25th of Monday? Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Christmas on Monday, and we would usually get an episode out, but... We are, We love you guys. We, we're going to take Christmas off. Yes. Um, we'll be right, by, right back straight after. Um, so thank you for listening. Thank you for sending in questions. If you want to give us a Christmas gift, maybe consider uh, reviewing and rating our podcast. That would genuinely be appreciated. Yeah. Um, I've mentioned it before, but the new slightly horrible to use iPhone podcast app does make reviewing and doing all that stuff a lot easier. And I've reviewed a lot more podcasts since. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd also like to talk about our amazing sponsor. Our sponsor, Beastly Beverages. You know them. You love them. Fandom and fantasy, luxury, hand-blended, loose-leaf tea and tea-related geeky paraphernalia. The business is queer-owned, all the ingredients are organic and fairly traded and nearly everything in the store is vegan. And with a certain film now in the cinemas. <laughs> yes, Disney is intent on starting a new Christmas tradition, which is <laughs> December is also Star Wars month every year for the rest of time. Uh, um, and this year is, it's not a side story, it's a full-on saga episode and your chums, Rafe and Poe are back. And if you love them and want to drink them, you can. <laughs> BC Beverages has a Star Wars tag on its website at bcbeverages.com. Um, they have stickers, of which I drew all of them, mm-hmm. if you want. Uh, I drew almost every significant character in Star Wars as a sticker, um, which are great. But you can also get teas based on Ray, Finn, and Poe. Ray's is called All the Green in the Universe and is a delicious green tea with dried hibiscus, rosehip pieces, and dried pomegranate. Um, Finn is a Mr. Big Deal and is a a black tea with dried orange peel, dried papaya, 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 that's it, and um, safflower petals. And if you love a bit of Poe, he's one hell of a pilot, and that's Rubus. Rubus? Rubus? Rubus. Orange blossom and thistle petals. And they all come with lovely artwork by... Alex, <laughs> who is A S I L L U on Tumblr, Asilu. I should really practice and run these names past Gabe before we do this. Um, if you want to check out these teas, you can do so at beastlybeverages.com. They've got a Patreon, a Facebook, a Tumblr, a Twitter, and Instagram. And if you use, if you use, if you use the sponsor code Beverage Beast. All one word, capital B's. You can get free shipping when you spend £20 or more and Beastly Beverage ships worldwide. However, having said that, shipping is now closed for Christmas. Yeah, the uh, store is still open. The um, Everything will ship after Christmas, but Beastly Beverages does require its little Christmas break. Um, yeah. But Once again, that code, <laughs> Beverage Beast. And Star Wars will always be relevant. <laughs> um, so yeah, are you... Ready to go back? Uh, yeah, I'll just uh, finish this up and maybe grab another quality street on the way back. Nice. And we're back. We are back. Um, 
we also like to pretend that we went somewhere. But we... <laughs> Back to you your question. You just want to destroy every illusion I craft. That's all what Christmas is about, destroying the illusions. Um, <laughs> so my brother, um, Rory, on Twitter Thanks, asked... Rory. Um, and a question about TV specials, which I know last episode was about, but I did mm-hmm. end the episode saying there's a few Christmas specials I still want to talk about. He said, favourite TV Christmas specials, and while on the subject, please rank, if you can, the Doctor Who Christmas specials. Um, I did check. I didn't want to um actually you on the last episode, but the bulk of the, the episodes you're thinking of... Oh, yeah. The majority of that is just a random one with no Christmas thing. Oh, okay. But it is set in a toy shop, which just feels okay. Christmassy. But that scene of the of the Doctor meeting Amy and Rory is gorgeous and wonderful. And at the end of an episode called The Doctor, The Widow, and The Wardrobe, which is admittedly a slightly forgettable one. Okay. <laughs> but it's the same season. Oh, so um, I was conflating things in my mind. No, but I think it it's all part of the same story. It's like okay. it it that episode in the season closing time is when Amy and Rory have left the TARDIS and Okay. I can understand it. Well, thank you for dragging me on our podcast. I no, no, I just no, if, I, no, I would rather be correct. If we're gonna so in terms of TV Christmas specials. Yeah. I was gonna mention a few last week of comedy ones. Yeah, sure, no problem. Um, I really so a guilty pleasure of mine is the sitcom Bottom mm-hmm. with Rick Mayo and Adrian Anderson. It's one of those weird ones where it's so vulgar and horrible, but I've noticed a lot of the people who are fans of it are kind of weird feminists, and like yeah. it's got this kind of cult following because it's so anarchic and horrible. Yeah, that it's clearly a joke on. It's a bit like Always Sunny or something, but like mm-hmm. it's clearly a joke on the main characters. And yeah. Rick Mail's sweaty, crazy performance yeah. is, was very influential to me as a child. Yeah. I was going to say I haven't watched a lot of Bottom. I know some friends who are big fans, but I think I have seen the Christmas episode where they find mm. a baby. Yes, that uh, one I have seen. It's really really Rick's funny. whole thing about how this is why God has left me a virgin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he's it, it's so set up well, like. The, the three friends come over and they're wearing those Christmas party hat crowns and he's yeah. just got, like, a blue towel around his yeah. um, head. And then he starts thinking that, like, he starts getting so superior above the others. And he goes, yeah. like, if you don't do what I say, I'm going to talk to my husband. God! Yeah. <laughs> and, like, Bottom's really lovely in that it's, it's kind of half-hour little plays. Yeah. And even though everything's very vulgar, mm-hmm. it, it's written just so poetically. Sure. Um, so I like that. I like the I like the Father Ted one as well. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I, don't I really to... like the Blackadder one. Oh yes, it, it does a flip on the Christmas Carol, which is actually a really nice pet. <laughs> it's the one incarnation of Blackadder where he's a nice person. Yeah, uh, but it's a really good one. It's got like um, Miriam. Is it? Is it Miriam Margulies who plays Victoria in it? And Jim yes. Broadbent plays Prince Albert, doing the weirdest <laughs> approximation of a German accent ever. Yeah. Um, and um, but yeah, it's a reverse. Like the guy Blackadder appears to himself and convinces him to try and be an asshole. Mm-hmm. And it's really good fun. I think Robbie Coltrane plays quite possibly um, Ghost of Christmas Present. Present to that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's good. I Christmas Carol's weird. We talked about. Um, uh, Muppets one. Yeah, Christmas I, Carol is now a trope. Yeah, and like there's a Doctor Who one, and I think that one's really good. I think it's a really good structure. Yeah. 
Oh, it's a good act structure, like the rise and fall and things like that. I, did, I saw a great tweet about it. It was like Christmas Carol teaching us that you need to scare the shit out of the rich to make them change them, change anything about who they are. Yeah, I mean, Dickens, for all of his faults, liked to write about, you know, the downtrodden and the... And which, is quite, which is quite a, quite a radical thing in Victorian times to sure. actually not see street urchins and the poor as... to actually see them as people. Yeah. Um, so Doctor Who Christmas specials, there's yeah. been a lot of them. Yeah. I don't even know if I can rank them. Yeah, no. Um, I'm trying to remember which <laughs> ones. they We've got The Christmas Invasion, um, which I do remember, The Runaway Bride, Voyage of the Damned, uh, The Next Doctor. That's uh, Giant Cybermen and... Oh, yeah, with... Um, um, David oh, Morrissey. David, David Morrissey. Yeah. He and David Tennant. Um, I really like... If you've ever seen the show Blackpool... Mm. Which is kind of a, which is basically a musical. Um, Sarah Parrish is in that as well, mm. and it's just a really good romp. That He's one, wonder. I love David Morris in mm. that. That one's fun, but again, it doesn't. The the it becomes really obvious in the first like ten minutes that this next Doctor isn't actually the Doctor. Yeah, I think they could have a bit more fun with sure. that. And uh, then there's the end of time, which is a bit of a. It's not very Christmassy. No. Uh, then it was uh, A Christmas Carol, as we've discussed with Michael Gambon. Then it's The Doctor, The Widow and the Wardrobe, which has uh, got Bill Bailey in it, of all people, and yeah. Alexander Armstrong. It's playing a World War II world fighter pilot yep. when he's quite famous for doing a comedy skit. About where he... Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the Snowmen, which is the one with Richard E. Grant. Yes, and it's one of the Clara... She's a Clara Victorian one. Yeah. Uh, um, time of the Doctor. That's Matt Smith's last episode. Okay. I can't remember anything about the story. <laughs> uh, uh, last Christmas. That was Peter Capaldi's one, which had Santa and like memory crabs. and. Oh, yeah. Had like. There was actually some interesting stuff in that. Yeah, I liked like. It... I liked quite a lot. I remember liking a lot of that episode. This is what... oh, was Nick Frost Santa. Yeah. He was, wasn't he? It was one of those ones which felt like Clara's exit story but then she still kept carried on for yeah. like another season uh, The Weddings of River Song that was the first one I remember the episode with Matt Lucas in and it actually it, it while again River Song has had her share of final episodes yeah it that does, one it really wraps things up quite nicely there's a really sweet moment of that's the one where River doesn't recognise the Doctor because mm. She's never met Capaldi before. Yeah. And so they spend most of the episode Capaldi not pretending to be the Doctor and there's a really funny scene of yeah. River bringing him into the TARDIS for the first time and he's just saying like, oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> like, there's some really funny moments yeah. but it doesn't quite... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and The Return of Doctor Mysterio which is the one we talked about last week the weird superhero vibe happening yeah. in it. Yeah. And then... I do, which I appreciate for having like a guy as a babysitter and... Um, yeah, like that. There's, there's definitely some fun stuff in there. And then this year it's Twice Upon a Time. Which I'm looking forward to for many reasons. Mm, um, same. It's, yeah, the Doctor and the first Doctor, played by David Bradley. Mm-hmm. And... Who we saw doing so in the Adventure in Space and Time documentary. Yes. he which In which he was... Amazing! Yes. I really one. We never. I don't think we ever talked about it. I really love that documentary. Um, I think they cast it really well. Like, mm. um, and because I am a sentimental fool, the moment where David Bradley as William Hartnell, 
Mm. is like in the TARDIS set and has a moment with Matt Smith and I cried. Yeah, I mean, it, it was beautiful and like... It was made with such love and respect. Yeah. And... William Hartnell really believed in the show and like he was very... He was very pro. I call it a documentary. It's not. It's a docudrama. Yeah, he was very pro being like uh, Patrick Troughton, who took over. Mm. He sort of recommended him, um, who was, I guess, originally cast to play a younger William Hartnell because they haven't quite worked out what regeneration was supposed to be yet. But um, yeah, I do. I I think because he played William Hartnell last time and focused a lot on his health and yeah um so this is his time to shine is actually playing the, the doctor, doctor which is really exciting and oh, actually he's yeah. been he's doing some big finish as well and, oh awesome um he's been embraced yeah and in the classic series um the first doctor's also been played by someone else called Richard Herndall. oh so i think the first, like while it's sacrilege to recast a doctor i think there's a certain special case for the first doctor because he's so mythic now yeah um but yeah i suppose we've avoided ranking i mean we've sort of given our impressions of the episodes as we've gone through um yeah i really liked the christmas invasion uh run a doctor who fan cast just mm. rewatched it and their sort of take on the episode is quite interesting to listen to i think it really sort of set the tone mm. a lot um i think runaway bride I don't massively enjoy because I enjoy Donna so much more as she came later. But I yeah. think for what we saw of the Doctor in that, like how dark the Doctor could go, it's cool. Um, the End of Time I like because it has <laughs> Wilfred in. Yeah. And I just... Bernard Cribbins is a gift. The, the End of Time is so long and has so much in it that yeah. there's a lot to love, even if I have problems with other things. Sure. Um but the, 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 in general, just Doctor Who Christmas specials are never the best the show ever is. Yeah. But it's definitely its most bombastic and sure. over the top. And yeah. I'm kind of, I kind of hope they do break the tradition of Christmas is when the Doctor dies. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> just because just because they, because they have air between seasons, it's an okay time for to do it. But yeah. It's becoming a little bit of a slightly weird Christmas tradition. Sure. Um, although we do, we were just discussing that for us, a Christmas yeah. special does require a few tears. And sure, uh, I will shout out to a Christmas Carol because that is actually a pretty solid episode, mm. despite weird flying sharks. <laughs> <laughs> but they do like. It makes sense in context. Spoilers for the Doctor Who episode Christmas Carol. The moment of the ghost of Christmas future. Yes. Being. Him. himself and his ch- a child version of himself looking what he becomes is so genius that's some and like, fucking good right that's when Stephen Moffat's timey-wimey nonsense like, paid off is great because it is linked with emotions yeah and I, I will give a shout out I, it's ridiculous because I can't really remember any of the <laughs> rest of the episode but I genuinely Eleven is my favourite Doctor mm-hmm. Eleven's exit was so quiet and graceful and beautiful mm. and while Stephen Moffat likes the sound of his own voice and yep. ego when it's being spoken but Eleven's goodbye and where like Amy the TARDIS gave him Amy to say goodbye to mm. I'm tearing up at the thought of it because um, I will never forget when the Doctor was me yeah I mean because I know it was very much done as a contrast to how much Ten wanted to stay 
Yeah. And I think that was powerful, even if I maybe look back and go, oh, yeah. little OTT. I loved Eleven's exit. Yeah, I, I was a bit bit. I was bitter with the end of time for a while because for a long time the whole I don't want to go thing put a sort of sour taste in fandom in a way because it yeah. it kind of made you not like the new Doctor yeah. in a way. Um, whereas I, I just feel like Eleven's final sort of wording is so like acknowledging his place in the like Wider. pantheon of doctors. Mm. Um, I do, I appreciate since then with like when David Tennant came back for the 50th and a few other references, they've kind of written into the canon that the 10th doctor was a little bit egotistical. Yeah. The 10th doctor um, was a drama queen. Yeah. And I think that, that that's fine. That like, I like, yeah. Um, so we've got another one of those this year, yeah. another final line. And I've, I've heard that Jodie Whittaker Gets a slightly a, chunk, a whack of the stick. Gets a slightly longer scene than usual because we're not going to see her for a a long uh, far time. Far too long. Yeah. So I don't know. I think my favourite is probably a Christmas Carol. I like the Christmas Invasion. Mm. Um, and the others are not aren't leaving enough of a impression. <laughs> they, they aren't Doctor Who's highest. It's weird because the Christmas specials get the highest viewing figures, but I never think they're like the best episode to start yeah, watching on. Sure. Anyway. Okay. Um, we've got a question from Jack um, who said, whilst this festive time can be when we feel the most isolated in the company of family, are there any tales, media, anecdotes uh, that we could share instead instead celebrate our queerness? <sighs> hmm. I mean, I'm forever bitter about the, the cut gay storyline from Love Actually. <laughs> Love Actually is a film that uh, I actually, part of me genuinely loves and the more I know about films and writing and everything, I hate and hate and hate. But at the same time, if that film's on, <laughs> I'm going to watch it. Like, I think Richard Curtis films have that effect on a lot of us, to be fair. Yeah, I can't ever say any of them are good. good. But I that don't... doesn't stop me watching. Them. No. Um, I, did, but I, I was looking for a quote for the opening of the episode, and I was looking at Love Actually quotes, and God, I was looking at some of the lines, and I'm like, Oh dear God! A lot of it's about like workplace harassment, yeah, tied up as romance. However, look out, America! Here comes Colin Trussell, and he's got a big knob. It's <laughs> a genuinely delight of a line. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I mentioned that, but I, I um, I'm trying to think of media about Christmas that celebrates queerness. I can't really. I'm sure they're out there, and like. Hamish and I are just bad at finding mm. these things. I'm sure they're they're out there, but I mean things like um, what happened last Christmas and happening again. Um, you said a tale. This isn't media, but hanging out with other queer people at Christmas, mm. like those little found family moments, friend misses, mm. um, arguing about whether or not Die Hard qualifies as a Christmas movie, <laughs> which definitely happened at last Friendmas. Well, um, we got a good response to us um, mentioning Batman Returns. So, yes. Um, Henry, our resident Batman fan. Um, yeah. Batman Batman Returns feels like a queer film, even if it isn't Yeah, really. There's a lot to love about Batman Returns. <sighs> There's a lot of leather and moulded plastic and whips. And, and, and Doug Jones is there. <laughs> yeah. Not the senator of Alabama. Congrats, um, <laughs> Alabama. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to think. I think... I think what Jack has done is just show another gap in the market. That, yeah. 
Um, I genuinely, uh, we joke. I think you jokingly mentioned this. I have an idea for um, a box not included Christmas movie called A Very Problematic Christmas. <laughs> but I have some ideas for like a little queer Christmas me- movie, and we need to talk about it. So I think we could try and make it. So we'll put it on the. Box Not Included Productions slate. Yeah, along with our horror movie. In the in the cinematic universe. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I feel like there aren't really enough. Mm. Imagine Me and You has a scene where it's snowing. <laughs> yep, that's what we get. That's, for um, me, that's depressing. I think it's I think it's like non-traditional Christmas things. Like you find something that makes you feel Christmassy. Like hell, watch some Steven Universe. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about um, Night Before Christmas has like a queer following. Mm-hmm. Um, I've mentioned two Tim Burton things. A lot of Tim Burton films have snow in, and like I think he likes the contrast of the white snow and like black night skies. Yeah, um, all about that aesthetic. Give us your recommendations if you if we're yeah. streaming something at your podcasting yeah app. Um, I think it, like there are definitely things out there that are about being different, mm. and I feel like that strikes a kinship with us, even if they aren't direct. I mean, annoyingly enough, I really wish it wasn't Johnny Depp in it, but Edward Scissorhands mm. about being a, a, an isolated loner and people coming to be loved and stuff is bittersweet. But God fuck fuck you, Depp. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, let us know. Like, I'm sure we've missed stuff, but for a lot of Americans, we said last week, um, Wizard of Oz is a big true um, Christmas tradition. But also, just an anecdotes. Do you have any? How many any of those? Not really. Like, no. I mean, one for me, I guess, is just. Um, the fact that Friendmas has become a bit of tradition. We're going to a, a sort of a queer Friendmas yeah. on uh, this week. Um, this is from Jack, and I, I kind of have an anecdote that sort of involves him. And it's not really an anecdote at all, but I remember him. He came shopping with me and Justin, yeah, in like the last week of Christmas, and we were trying to buy um, something for my sister-in-law. And I just remember him getting quite touched because we were in TK Maxx looking yeah. at Yankee candles. Yeah. And a woman came, was like, who was also shopping, not yeah. a staff member, was looking at them as well. And she said to us, to me and Justin, oh, who are you buying for? And we both said, oh, our sister-in-law. Yeah. And for some reason, I think Jack got really touched at the idea that mm. us as a gay couple were having a conversation with a stranger about candles yeah. <laughs> and like I have seen like little things that always give me hope like if I'm in a Christmas market or things like that if I see like a same gender couple as much as you don't like to gender strangers but yeah. like people holding hands and having quiet little moments and like the fact that people are feeling more like they can yes that itself is kind of a beautiful little moment I mean I yeah I I, I see a lot more cards and yeah things like that um yeah, I, I I don't know. Oh, here's a here's a fun one. Next time you hear Wham last Christmas, remember that George Michael was a queer man mm-hmm. and that song doesn't actually use pronoun gendered pronouns. Yeah. Like I kind of don't like Wham again because this should be the I year, love that song. This should be the year where we're playing it nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um didn't he die on Christmas? Very close to, yeah. Yeah. I remember last 
last Christmas was the de- like in such quick succession the deaths of Carrie Fisher Carrie and, F- yeah, George and Michael. It was very sad. Um, so let's uh, hope that doesn't happen again. Um, our next question is from Faint Dreams. Hey, Faint Dreams is a player in uh, my sci-fi game that will become an actual player podcast. Yeah, um, who asks, please describe the most amusing rubbish present you've ever been given. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, hmm. I know whether I've ever been given any particularly amusing crappy presents. I've been given crappy presents and I've been given amusing presents. I don't know if I've had one that qualifies as both. I'm trying to think. I, this isn't crappy. I just, I find when people give you a film yeah. that you've never expressed any, like, <laughs> interest in liking or, like, I remember one year I got the Eddie Murphy box set from an aunt. And like, what about me? I'm like, that's fine. And like, it wasn't, it was, it was coming to America and trading places as a double bill. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Okay, fine. And I watched both. <laughs> you yeah, know, I I, sure. I did the thing. It's that kind of. It's not. It's not crappy. I just think really out of the blue things yeah. are quite funny. Yeah, I mean, I've had some spectacularly heavily gendered presents. Oh right, yeah. Um, from people that don't know me very well, and they sort of they amuse me with how on me they are mm. more than anything. I should show you the handbag I got. Have there's been a fair few like I know you gave me that as a um t-shirt to wear out the house, but that's gonna be a bedtime t-shirt. That's a sleepy time shirt. Um my my mother-in-law got us like ten t-shirts and half like two of them had Stewie Griffin on. And oh, like, right. but like but Justin's fine with them. He wears <laughs> them everywhere. He got he wears like some angry bird boxes and yeah. things like that. Um Yeah, you know, it's just it, Christmas is tough because sometimes you do have to get stuff for... Um, I remember as a kid I was really, really, really anti-Harry Potter for no real yeah. reason. Um, I don't know why. I think it's just because it was popular and I didn't like reading. Sure. And I remember like the year I got a lot of Harry Potter stuff. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Watch this space. It could still happen. <laughs> it could still happen. Yeah, I've got some presents yeah. That I'm a bit worried about for this year that I'm giving people. Oh, fun. <laughs> um, Sorry, that wasn't a more amusing, interesting story. Um, Jet Grind Jaguar asked Team Sweater or Team Socks? I don't. Um, every few weeks, Splatoon, the game, does a thing where. Everyone, oh, the either or. Yeah, and I think this is their current one. All right. Um, I think I'm Team Sweater. Okay. You're a sweater person. Yeah, I like socks. We're jumpers here, by the way. I mean, you can. Ha- it's a- we just had Christmas jumper day here in the yeah. UK. Um, thing is, I wear Christmas socks all year round. Yeah, because it's the one time of the year I get a lot of socks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just think Christmas sweaters are actually like a quite. Um, they're quite expensive. They're quite mm. like a nice item that yeah. a lot of work's gone into. Um, I'm a bit funny about like how I wear layers, layers and things like that, and I'm very particular about fabrics. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely team socks. He's like, give me all of the socks, give me brightly coloured socks. I wear odd socks. I love socks, just socks. Okay, that's it. Podcast over. We can't do this anymore. 
The line has been drawn <laughs> in the sand. <laughs> was too much. Was too different between us. No, I, my answer is I like both. But both good. But if I was to receive fan. a Christmas jumper from someone as a present, or just like a knitter jumper, I would in no way be disappointed. That'd be amazing. If somebody gave me a big fuzzy jumper for Christmas, I'd be delighted. Do yeah. not get me wrong. Justin's a big knitter, but really strongly believes in the the sweater curse mm-hmm. of. Oh, if you give someone a sweater, you're breaking up. Yeah. Yeah. So. Sure. I haven't yet to receive one. Um, and then finally, we have the Dungeon Dad. Ah, oh, this is my friend Mike. <laughs> um, who asked, do you still believe in Santa Claus? If you were to be on um, if you were to be on the nice or naughty list, which one would you be on? Well, with regards to the Santa Claus thing, I don't remember a time where I did believe. Yeah, I'm the same. Like, um, I distinctly recall having a label on a present that said from Father Christmas, and I was like, that's my grandmother's handwriting. (laughs) Why am I being lied to? I actually think the fact that I never really believed is part of the reason why my family still, like, does things like letters to Santa and, like, leaving things out. Um, My mum's a big, like... (sighs) She likes silly traditions. Yeah. She goes all in for things like Halloween and mm-hmm. um, Easter. And, like, we still leave out carrots and stuff. Yeah. But I don't remember any kind of giant, horrible realisation day. Sure. Same. I've seen a couple of things recently about the whole Santa Claus thing that made me really happy. One was a, a story about, I think, a teacher who was sort of uh, working with a bunch of kids who all realised it was all Jewish kids that were there. Mm-hmm. These are all younger kids just like, so you know the secret about Santa Claus and how it's not real. And I'm just like, <laughs> that's amazing to me. <laughs> but like they were keeping the secret because they didn't want to ruin it for their friends. Mm. Also, um, I, I, this post that makes me very happy is that as soon as a kid gets old enough to start questioning, mm. think it, if you've been feeding them that line up to that point, just like, okay, you get to, what, now you're old enough, you get to know, you get to help be father christmas and Mm. i think that's wonderful yeah like getting kids involved in like helping pick presents and things like that because that's for me like fucking the story of saint nicholas the coca-cola mascot (laughs) of the red and white jolly the jolly fat man Mm -hmm. to quote the simpsons it's about what Father Christmas represents. It's about generosity. It's about giving. And I fucking... I believe in that. Mm, yeah. And you know what? If it's a cuddly guy, like fucking Richard Attenborough in the Miracle on 34th Street, just like, I want a hug from that guy. My brother wrote a play... Um, oh, yeah. ...which got performed for a while in Bristol called Shite Christmas. Uh-huh. Um, and I really liked it. It was about... Um, Set in an A and E on oh, Christmas right. Eve, yeah, and someone comes in who doesn't look like the typical Santa, sure, um, and he really believes he's Santa, and they all think he's you know drunk or whatever, yeah. Um, but then just the whole story is about is he or isn't he, and like it's it. left um, ambiguous. Um, That's great, but uh, like that kind of I love the mythology. Of yeah, it. Um, I'm a big fan of. Uh, Hogsfa- uh, Hogfather as well. Mm. Uh, I, I, I'm a big fan of Discord generally, but the death books have taken a particular part. And like the talk in that particular book, um, Hogfather, out the nature of belief mm. and how we need to believe in small lies like the Hogfather so we can believe in big lies like justice. It's just like <laughs> Terry Pratchett pulling no punches as always. But yeah. 
I mean, I like uh, Robot Santa as well. <gasps> ho, ho, ho. <laughs> um, he standards for, I could perform 3,000 checks per second. <laughs> well, speaking of, do you think you're naughty or nice? I think it depends who's asking. <laughs> I try to be a good person. I don't like the word nice. I try to be a good person. I try to be a kind person. I think by most of society's definitions of good and bad behaviour, I'm probably on the naughty list. Mm. I'm definitely on Robot Santa's ro- naughty list, but <laughs> on most of us. Um, in that episode, isn't Zoidberg the one person who's yeah, been gets, nice? Yeah, he gets a pogo stick. <laughs> yeah. Except Yay. for you, you get a pogo stick. Um, yeah, I don't know which one I'm on. I, I think similarly, I I try to be a nice person or kind. I would give you a present and not Cole. <sighs> Thank you. Um, I, I was writing a story all about a family, and they lived in this kind of snowy tundra place, and uh, yeah. they were just praying that Santa gave them coal for Christmas so that they could... That's dark, Hamish! <laughs> so they went out and did really naughty things. I love they, it. That's amazing. Um, they don't need, you know, pogo sticks. They don't need more stuff. They need coal. That's... I um, love that. You should write that. There's <laughs> a little Christmas story. Like, yeah, an ode to the naughty. Yeah, I love that. Ugh. Um, oh. That's a nice note to to finish the episode on. It's okay to be naughty. Oh, yes. But you listeners are definitely on our nice list. Um, especially if you come back next week <laughs> and you can. Um, well, maybe not next week. Oh, yeah. Enjoy your, enjoy your various holiday. Yeah, however um, you might be celebrating or not celebrating, whatever you might be doing over the next sort of couple of weeks. We hope you have a lovely time. You get to eat food that you like. You get to spend time with people whose company you enjoy. There's another Christmas special I do like to watch, which is the Pee-wee's Playhouse Christmas special. You and Pee-wee. And there's a bit in it when there's a character called Reba. And, no, um, I can't remember her name, actually. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> she comes in halfway through and they say, oh, ah, what are you doing here? And she says, Pee-wee, it's the obligatory Hanukkah part of the show. And then she looks at the camera and just like talks about Hanukkah for a bit and then leaves. And I really like that. So, yeah. If it's the if this can be the obligatory Hanukkah special as well. I was going to say Hanukkah's already started, hasn't mm-hmm. it? So happy Hanukkah to any uh, Jewish listeners. Um, I hope you get visited by Kwanzaa bot. Yeah, he's cool. <laughs> uh, however, you are celebrating. Yeah. Do it your way. Yeah, and um, know that if you're on your own, we love you, and you aren't on your own. Oh. Uh, sorry, I'm sappy. Um, please talk to us over the holiday period if you need us. Yeah, um, um, I'm at jdocsfordrose on Twitter. I'm at Hamish Steele. Um, my DMs are open if people do want to message me if you're feeling alone. Yes. I'm not always the best person to communicate because autism is hard, <laughs> but um, it's there. Um, if you'd like to get in contact with Box Not Included, you, we are Box Not Included on Twitter and Tumblr. And we have our Facebook group filled of people who gave us these questions who are always willing to talk yeah. um, and that's just Box Not Included on uh, Facebook and we have our emails at Box Not, uh, box not Included at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you guys yes um, and of course we want to thank Graham Waller Audio Overlord Master of the Soundwaves for our theme music helping produce the podcast you can check out more of his work at GrahamWaller.com and you can check out the Synthwave Stylings of Spectrum by Glitterwolf on Bandcamp, Google Play, iTunes and all those other online music places. Uh, But until next time, I'm Jade Rose. I'm Hamish Steele. We're going to wish you a Merry Christmas and uh, don't let anyone box you in.